0: I don't know if you've seen this, but like someone who it's like, man, they always have a shoulder issue or, oh, they always have a knee or hip issue. And you look at it, it's like, oh man, your squat patterns are terrible. Or like you have really tight hips or something like that. That's something that I usually see. But then if on the other end of the spectrum, let's say I get an athlete who has a laundry list of injuries and they're all over the place, right? It's like a shoulder here, a knee here, a back here. To me, I look at that and I say, okay, what does your lifestyle look like?
1: Hey, it's Ben Wise, and this is The Fitness Movement. Fitness Movement is brought to you by Sewer Fitness. Sewer Fitness is my company and my platform to deliver training content to coaches and athletes like you. The site has educational resources on everything from program design and exercise physiology to skill progressions and movement breakdowns. And in terms of programming, we have our online training program, The Protocol, and I also offer one-on-one remote coaching. It's all at one place, ZoharFitness.com. The following conversation is part of our guide on training injury-prone athletes. And uh, the guide covers a number of things, uh, including, you know, what makes some athletes more prone to injuries, different factors that might be, to what are the most common injuries in CrossFit and why might those occur more frequently there. And then also more of a practical application side of things where part one I sort of walked through seven weeks of program design of an actual client that I had who's had a series of low back injuries and basically how can we make his program intelligent to make sure that he's staying healthy and then also this conversation is a part of that so if you enjoy this conversation you can head resortfitness.com slash pro you can get a trial you can read the whole thing for free so without further ado let's get in this conversation okay so Chris we're talking about training injury prone athletes. Let's say we have somebody who comes to you and they want to start uh individual design training and you notice either based on them, just like telling you that they're injury prone or like by like mm-hmm. this, like laundry list of injuries that like, okay, you're probably like an injury prone person. Um, mm-hmm. where do you like start with some of like your investigative work, <laughs> like diving <laughs> into like w- what might be going on?
0: Yeah. So if someone was to come to me and they have a laundry list of injuries, right? Uh, the first thing I look at is like, okay, what are those injuries? Because you'll have some folks, and I'm sure you've coached people where it's like, okay, I have all these injuries, but they're all around my shoulders, right? Or they're all around my knees, right? So they, so for me, a light bulb goes off I'm like, okay, most of our injuries are surrounding you know, this, this, this one joint, or, you know, most of my, my injuries are lower body related or upper body related. Right. And so that can provide some insight into, okay, let's start to look at strength imbalances. Let's start to look at movement patterns specifically related to, you know, that upper extremity or that lower extremity. Right. You know, I don't know if you've seen this, but like someone who it's like, man, they always have a shoulder issue or, you know, I feel like even more common just because of the amount of squatting in the sport. It's like, oh, they always have a knee or hip issue and you look at it, it's like, oh man, your squat patterns are terrible or like you have really tight hips or something like that. That's something that I usually see. But then if on the other end of the spectrum, let's say I get an athlete who has a laundry list of injuries and they're all over the place, right? It's like a shoulder here, a knee here, a back here, to me, I look at that and I say, okay. What does your lifestyle look like? Mm. Now, that's not to say that like the person who has maybe it's like they always have an upper body injury or they always have a back flare-up. That doesn't mean that can't be related or or mostly related to lifestyle, right? That could definitely be the case. And that's not to say that if someone has a laundry list of injuries all over the place, it's not imbalance-related. However, that's where I go first. Is like, okay, well, if I have global injuries right? Like I'm a walking mummy. Um, You know, we got to look at your lifestyle, right? And so that's where I would look first versus, you know, kind of an extremity. I don't know if you can relate to something similar.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think if someone has like like a series of entries and it's on like one specific pattern or one specific body part, not that it's easy to deal with, but it's a little bit more straightforward to like know what's going on Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or maybe from like, just like from a program design perspective, like it's a little bit easier to know, like, okay, I should probably be careful when I'm giving them a bunch of muscle up volume because they're always tweaking their shoulder. So I just got to be careful about how I do that versus if it's like all over the place, it's like, man, it's like hard to know, like, are they going to be able to tolerate this? Like, are this going to randomly show up and have a tweak one day? So I do think, yeah. Looking at like lifestyle, like zoom out, like, okay. Like you're someone who sits at a desk for eight hours, you're, you know, 54 years old and you're trying to do high level CrossFit and like sustain that training volume. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Like maybe we just like, that's a mismatch there. And like, maybe that's yeah. what's causing some of your stuff. So sometimes I think the answers are pretty, again, not easy, but they're like, well, it's an outsider looking in. It's pretty straightforward. Like, okay. I think that you probably just can't handle this volume and you're, you're, you're trying to mm. do too much. You're trying to do, you know, this, this blog that has 17 pieces in each workout and or each session. And it's like, you, you can't handle that, dude. You're like 54 years old and you got all this, yep. these different lifestyle factors. So yeah, I think those are the two things that I tend to look at. Like, okay, what do you, what are your, is your movement qualities a whole? What does your lifestyle look like versus like, what is this specific thing that's what that's going on? So Let's say it's a specific thing going on where it's like, okay, you got this shoulder thing that flares up, Mm -hmm. um, time and time again, uh, in terms of like program design, are there things that you think about when you're trying to like lay out and structure their week, um, that Mm -hmm. can kind of like minimize some of that irritation or potential like tweak.
0: Yeah, for sure. So the first thing I look at is like, uh, you know, is imbalances or, or like strength imbalances or weakness, right? Um, and so through an assessment, let's just, like you said, you use the shoulder, let's say, and, and let's say I have a woman who has a shoulder issue or has had a recurring shoulder issue and she's new. I take her through a strength, uh, through uh, a testing protocol and it's like, oh, you know, Hey, your patterns are pretty good. Let's say for kipping pull-ups, butterfly pull-ups, whatever, because you're a good athlete, but you can only do like three strict pull-ups. Like that's a problem, right? Because now it's like, okay, you're athletic enough to have the movement patterns and the competency to learn skills of how to perform the sport, but you don't have the requisite strength levels to endure the pounding that the sport delivers. You know, and then sometimes it's, it's not that sometimes it's the opposite. Hey, I have the relative strength, but I, you know, the way I perform the movement is junky and clunky and can really put a lot of stress on the joints. So the first thing I do is go through that assessment process to look for imbalances or movement pattern issues. And then from there, structure it. So it's like, okay, those are my priority days. Um, and so generally, generally prior, i structure structured my, the priority days for an athlete after a rest day. Now that's not always the case. You know, I have a I have an athlete who runs her own meal prep business. So she's running around for work on Sunday. So like the priority days might be a little bit different, but just to look at big picture generally. Typically the days they feel best. Yeah. After a rest day. And then from there, structure it where, okay, if that's the priority and we're working on that the next day we're probably staying away from that movement pattern to give those muscles and that joint and your CNS in that capacity, a chance to recover. And it really, that can be person dependent, right? So like to use myself as an example, I'm not someone who can do a squat pattern in varying intensities and stuff like that, you know, too frequently because it just saps my strength numbers in that pattern versus, you know, I had a coach once who said that, uh, he joked, he's like upper body bodybuilding is like vegetables for you. You can literally do it every single day and and it's fine. Right. And some people are the opposite. So making sure a, you structure it so that, you know, for me, the priority days are after a rest day generally, but then from there, you give those patterns and those muscle groups enough time to recover So that you can continue to build the strength or build the patterns around that joint.
1: Yeah, I I think oftentimes in CrossFit, people just try to get really creative. If we're talking about a CrossFit athlete, like, you know, whether it's the person trying to coach themselves or if it's just like a a coach who just wants to throw a bunch of stuff at the athlete because they want to do CrossFit. And it's like, maybe you don't track it super closely. And all of a sudden you realize, oh man, they did uh, ring muscle-ups Monday. They did uh, toes to bar Tuesday. They did bar muscle ups and chest to bar on Wednesday. They did mm-hmm. rope climbs on Thursday and all, or whatever, you know, like that sort of thing where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh man, I didn't realize that I threw hanging gymnastics in the last four days of their their program. Um, and all of a sudden that volume's really high. So,
0: yeah, I was just going to say with the sport, you know, there's a time and a place for that. Yeah. But again, with the topic at hand, you're dealing with someone where, you know, that causes injuries. Right. And so you have to be super cognizant to make sure that you're not doing that for this specific individual. Yeah, for sure. Like
1: your risk of injury is really high if you don't prepare them adequately for their sport. So, mm-hmm. but there's a time to prepare them for the sport and that's in, you know, a pre-competition phase. It's not yep. all year round. So, right. Right if you're in a building phases or more of an off season, you're further away There's not like a a competition in like the immediate future. Like they don't need to be doing movement patterns, like multiple, multiple times in a week. Like if you're squatting heavy, there's no reason that two times a week you can't squat heavy or right. It's someone who's younger three times a week. They can squat heavy. Right. Don't need to be giving them wall balls and thrusters and like all of the stuff and like smash it all into their week. And all of a sudden now that they're dealing with a tweak because the volume is super high. Sure. So put it on the priority days, make sure that you're giving them some rest in between. Um, Mm -hmm. And before you even think about program design, kind of back up from there and think um, let's take a look at your range of motion. Let's take a look at like your movement, like look look at some videos, like watch how you're moving just like generally when that's more of like a, a movement screen thing versus like specific to like the sport, um, like what does it actually look like in the context that you're going to be tested in? Is there any other things that people should think about when they're uh, writing programs for people that are entry prone?
0: Um, you know, I, I think that's most of it, But I, but honestly, I think, you know, and this is not necessarily something I think, I think blog programs are doing a better job of this now, but this definitely was not the case. Let's call it four or five years ago where it's like, you have to have concerted accessory work to hammer out those imbalances, right? You know, a a classic example is, you know, if you're looking at the shoulder doing single arm or horizontal work, right. Horizontal pushing and pulling. Like that's not stuff you generally see tested in the sport, but if everything is vertical and you have a shoulder issue, you're not building the, the horizontal movement patterns to kind of balance that out. And so like, especially in the off season, you know, people fall in love with like oh, I'm conditioning every single day and like I'm hitting these hard met cons, but it's like, you know, yeah, you do that for three weeks and then you're banged up and you got to adjust these next two weeks. It's like, why don't we just condition a little bit less and Hey, instead of conditioning this day, we're going to do some horizontal pushing and pulling. So, you know, we're building, building the, uh, all the muscles around that shoulder joint or like, you know, we're adding in some sort of crossover symmetry protocol every single day, right? That stuff is ultra, ultra important. And it's, again, the blog programming do, programs do a better job of it now, but there's also some something to the fact that like, I need more, you know, this athlete needs more accessory work for the upper body than they really need for their lower body or like someone who has a hip issue It's like, all right, we need to really hit some single leg unilateral work to make sure that you can handle the squat volume. And I think that's stuff that gets missed. It's like, if I'm a bodybuilder, you know, I'm using that stuff to build muscles. And it's like, well, in our sport, we're not really looking to build a big bench press necessarily, unless that's somebody's goal, but I need to do it so that I can handle all the ring muscle work that I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think again, if we're thinking about an individualized program, you're, you're able to, yeah, tailor it to exactly what they need. So if they need more supportive work around their shoulder, because they're having more frequent injuries there, you can give it to them. Um, like, I don't think you need to like, try to like bullet point, bulletproof every single joint all the time. Like sure. if you're like touching on stuff at different times and then like making sure that you're giving doses of stuff that you know, that they're like, prone to like right now I have an athlete who's dealing with like some hip shifts in their squat like they come up and there's like their pelvis basically tilts they're asymmetrical so like I'm giving them like hip cars I'm giving them more single leg work I'm giving them like caustic mm-hmm. squats and so their warm-ups and things like that and that's like stuff that if you're an athlete who is a symmetrical squat you don't really need to be doing a ton of that. Like, no, you can do right. that sometimes but you don't need to be doing it all the time like right you know, twice a week before you squat or whatever so I do think like the accessory work is super important, and just yeah, like doing your your homework so like your your joints can actually function the way they're supposed to function, rather than only functioning the way that they're tested in CrossFit. Like phone booth fitness is not super you know effective for developing healthy joints for the long term. Right. Right. So, come on. Thanks for joining today. Yeah. Awesome. Hey. It's been again, thanks for listening today. To be completely honest, it's been really rewarding to have people who listen to the show regularly reach out to me, whether they have a question about training or just to say hey. So if you haven't done that yet, do it. I'm pretty good about getting back to people and you can feel free to email me, Ben at or message me on Instagram at sorefitness. And graciously, I've had some people reach out to me and ask how they can support the show. Number one way that you can support the show if you are a regular listener is just by rating the show. Most apps have a platform where you can actually rate it, and on Apple Podcasts, you can write a review as well. This is super helpful in having other coaches and athletes find the podcast, but also just having it grow and for me to continue to want to put out more and more content. Also, I'm going to be posting more full episodes of the Fitness Coachment to our YouTube channel. So, if you're someone you who actually enjoys seeing my face when I talk, you can head over to YouTube and subscribe if you please. And if you're someone who is watching on YouTube, you have the ability to like our videos, but then you can also comment on the video if you have questions about the episode or if you want to suggest a topic for a future episode. And lastly, if you're someone who really does value what we're putting out, I would encourage you to hire a coach. For me, coaching is the bulk of my job and it's what I believe I do best. So if you're an athlete or a coach looking to up your fitness game, be sure to reach out. You can message me on Instagram at Zwar Fitness or email me, ben at zwarfitness.com. Thanks again for listening today. And as always, stay the course.